Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm here at BYU Football Media Day for 2022. Up here in a little bit, we're going to have defensive lineman Lorenzo Fauatea. But first, he was one of the top receivers at Southern Utah University during his playing career. And now he's BYU's passing coordinator and wide receivers coach, Fessy Satake. How's it going, Fessy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I saw you went to Garth Brooks last weekend. I was there as well. Nice. Not in as good a seats as you were. But uh, <laughs> how, was, how was that concert? You were on the floor. Yeah, that's rude. Maybe we're just taking a picture, Kate. Really, <laughs> no matter where you were at, that thing was unbelievable. That, so that, good. That guy either sold his soul to the devil, um, <laughs> or he's like immortal because you can't. You're not supposed to, supposed to perform like that at 60 years old. Well, and it's not like he's in like the best shape of yeah, his life either. Yeah. You know, and he's just running around and shouting at the top of his lungs. Unbelievable. Are though. you a, I, are you a country guy? I I love like I pride myself in I love almost all music there's just a couple that i refuse to listen to but i love all music (laughs) and so i respect i respect artistry and i do i do love country my wife and i are going to a dan and shay concert here in a couple weeks and and we try and try and hit it all and stay stay diverse in our music i love that yeah i think garth brooks is the king i know george trace the king of country but like Garth Brooks is the king of entertainment, like country. Oh, yeah. He's up there with your Michael Jacksons and Princes in terms of just the full production. And I agree. Yeah, I he, he makes everyone feel like, like he made us feel like Salt Lake was the best yeah. place he's ever been yeah. to. And you're like, I know you do this at every concert. Yeah. I don't care. He I made eye it. contact with me and pointed at me, and I have it on camera. I was like, man, <laughs> this guy just jumped up like 50 spots. See, so. you were on the floor. No, I was just taking a picture down there. <laughs> You're right. All right, Fessy, this will be your fifth and last season coaching in Independence. Is there anything you will miss about the Independent era? I thought you were saying fifth and last season. Like, I didn't know <laughs> no, someone no, was yeah, happening. You okay. didn't, no one told you? No. Uh, of Independence. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything you'd miss about independence? Uh, really just like really traveling the country and having a, a new schedule every year to go see new places and interact with fans who have been waiting till there was a game in their backyard. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to really miss that part of it. But as much as I'll miss that is is Mark Simon for the opportunity to play in, in the Big 12 Conference. And speaking of, I feel like recruiting and independence has its challenges. Going into the Big 12 probably improves things a little bit. But how is your role as a recruiter changed since BYU announced you're going into the Big 12? The biggest thing is I don't have to worry about defending the fact that we're not a in a Power 5 conference. We had so many things going for us. I mean, ultimately, when you win games, which we've been able to do, fortunately, and send guys to the NFL, you're going to get a lot of traction. And as you get in deep with recruits, you know, you hear different pitches from a bunch of different schools well when it gets serious with BYU a lot of schools were quick to mention like hey you sure you want to be independent and all this and they're not part of a power five conference and and obviously we 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 had our ways to to combat that but it's going to be nice to be able to not have that um you know anyone have that ammo to say you know we're not affiliated with any power five conference so that's that's been a big help in recruiting and then kids just you know they love to play for a conference championship absolutely which is going to be nice to have as well It'll be so fun. And, and I've been around coaching enough to know it's extremely time-consuming and exhausting, but hopefully equally as rewarding. And you began your coaching career back in 2011. Is that right? Yeah. 
So has coaching been as you expected it to be? No, it hasn't, <laughs> especially because I never anticipated coaching. It wasn't in my future when I was pursuing a, you know, anything professionally. And so I didn't know what to expect. So when I came into this profession, I had to formulate ideas of what I think it might be, uh, just looking after people, especially Kalani, like his yeah. career. But honestly, like for the better, it's been way more than I anticipated. I thought I would potentially be sacrificing a lot more in terms of time with family and all that. But <laughs> I've been wrong and I'm glad I have. And that's just a, a credit to the bosses I've had. Yeah. Um, Ed Lamb, Jay Hill, and now Kalani. Every one of those guys have this perfect balance of winning and, and trying to perform at the highest level, but not at the expense of what should be priority number one, which is our, our family, our wives and our, our kids. And, and I've been so lucky to, to to be around people like that. I never feel like I go to work. I really, I, I'm so lucky. I feel guilty all the time that I get, I get paid to do what I do. And, and so it hasn't been what I thought. I thought there would be a lot more of, and I, granted, I've had some, you know, some ups and downs sometimes, and there's been a grind and I've had some adversity, no doubt, but the big picture of it all, I've been super blessed, and I hope to stay around this game as long as the, the football gods have me around. Well, you're so good at what you do, and so that's interesting that you say it wasn't even really on your mind of yeah. something you were going to do for a career. So what got you into coaching in the first place? I, uh, When I was done playing at Southern Utah, I, I had a pretty good career and, and was going to try and pursue the NFL deal, knowing it was a long shot, but I, I wanted to give it a shot. Well, that year I, there was an NFL it was the year the NFL did the lockout. And so every team, there were 600 less players that were going to make it into the draft that year. So I was advised by everyone to say, hey, go again next year to the tri- to, and you'll, you'll get on a team. So the question was, well, what do I do with this year that I have? Yeah. And uh, Coach Lang, I wanted to get my master's because if football didn't work out, I wanted to be a, go to law school and be a sports agent. So I was like, well, to get my master's paid for, maybe I can go be a graduate assistant. So I hit up Coach Lamb and he says, yeah, this is great. Well, four months into my graduate assistant year, uh, our receivers coach le- left, and I get offered the receivers job. And I was like, whoa, 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 this is not <laughs> going as planned. And I, I had a kid already and, and was married, and, and um, so I hit up Kalani, and he said, uh, gave me great advice that um, I'm so glad uh, he gave. It was give it a year, and if you, if you don't like it, business field, law school, that will all be there for you. If you do, though, you got your foot in the door and you have an opportunity that people wait years and years for and sometimes never get. And so I did. And here I am, you know, to 11, going on 12 years later. And I, I, like I said, that's part of the reason I feel guilty and that I get to just do what I love and, and, um, you know, make a living off of it. So cool. Oh, you're a hard worker, but obviously I feel like some things are meant to be, right? You're meant to be where you're at and more so when you began coaching, but I feel like you're not too much older than some of these players uh, that you coach. I can imagine you're probably you probably become friends with some of them. Like, yeah. like I said, especially when you're younger. How do you balance being a coach and a mentor, but also a friend yeah. to these players? Is that kind of a hard thing? It's a great question because a lot of that really it depends on your your um, your age. I mean, there's coaches who don't have to really battle that because they're seasoned. They've been in this game forever. Um, and I've been in this long enough that I, I would consider myself like a veteran coach. But the reality yeah. is, is I'm not far off age wise. Like some of these guys might have brothers. Their oldest in their family is close to my age. Right. Um, the reality is, is these guys keep me young and I don't want that to ever change. And just because my my number uh, to my age is I just turned 36. Like it, it doesn't matter. I, I, sometimes people try and draw this when I first got into coaching, I heard from so many coaches who I respect, 
draw the line. Don't get too close to your players, yeah. you know. And um, I tried that. It just didn't fit me. And I think it can work for other people. I'm not I'm not going against that. But um, I've been the best version of myself and, and the best coach when I am acting with, you know, when I'm I'm acting the same way as as if they were my younger brothers or, you know, a son of mine, whatever it is. I just I have so much fun with them and, and I haven't had any struggles with that with that dynamic, that relationship, when I decided to commit to say, you know what, I'm going to be myself unapologetically and just work hard and and whatever happens, happens. And and, um, credit to the guys who I coach. They don't hold any of that stuff against me, and and, uh, I haven't had any issues with it, and I hope that stays the case. Is that why Kalani and Timberly decided to have another baby so they could stay young? <laughs> yeah. They're just trying really hard to stay young. That Father Abraham is <laughs> is uh, is definitely um, about to get tested again. So, oh, I love it! I'm so happy for them. So I can only imagine some of the hardest conversations to have, especially when you get close to these guys, is about playing time or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Have those conversations become easier? as time goes on, or is it still kind of something you dread doing? It's something I dread doing. The only thing that's easy about it is that I know I have to have them. For the first couple of years, I'm like trying to find ways to yeah. avoid those conversations, but that's that's the reality of the profession. And everyone, whatever your profession is, everyone has those moments where it's, it's inevitable. Whether you like it or not, you have to do it. And yeah. having those conversations, the more I'm, one thing I've learned for sure is the more just 100% open and honest I am, the more the message is well received, maybe not in the moment, but right. for sure down the road. And sure. and, it, and it, it makes our relationships last longer. There's no animosity or resentment, even though there's initial pain up front sometimes. Like that's that's the problem I have right now. I have a really deep group of receivers mm-hmm. right now and all of them could easily play like there's a there's a good amount of them that could start for me tomorrow and I'd feel comfortable with. But that's not the reality. And I have to have some conversations with these guys and frame things in a way that. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but they're, they're still going to be motivated and know that they have a role and an impact and that their time's going to come. And, and um, there's a lot of lessons within those conversations. So I always dread them, but I've found enough ways when I'm open and honest that they end up actually being really good down the road that we had those. Well, that's a good life lesson. And so you have those types of conversations. You have you have to watch some of these guys who have worked so hard to get on the field, go through injuries. Yeah. I feel like there's probably a lot of difficult things with coaching. For you, what's been one of the most challenging parts of coaching? Yeah, I think it's it's that. It's keeping these young men who have the pressure of the world on their shoulders. They have all these expectations. They're working so hard. And to maybe to see them go through adversity because something's not happening the way they anticipated which is where we have to step in as coaches and mentors. And one of the mantras we use in our room all the time now that I've adopted over the last couple of seasons is, can you stay committed to the process without being emotionally attached to the results? Mm-hmm. And so you might get hurt and have a career-ending injury. You might put in all this work and you hear outside noise from media or fans that you might be the guy. And all of a sudden, oh, you're not playing as much. Like, so was your process yeah. in vain? Yeah. All that hard work. And, and it's getting these guys to understand that just because the results don't happen the way you anticipate it doesn't mean that the process is in vain. In fact, that process is the most important thing. And so it's been really challenging to, to, to see some of these guys go through that type of adversity. But I, I think on the other side of it are some of the greatest lessons we can learn in life. And that's been really rewarding for me to kind of attack those struggles head on with these guys and, and try and, you know, get out of the get out of the hole with them. I love that. It seems like the offense has been getting probably the most hype out of anybody in the offseason. And you have guys like Gunnar Romney coming back, Puka Nakua, to help put up some numbers. When you 
see what you've got to work with. You mentioned how deep to your wide receivers group is. When you look at as passing game coordinator, what gets you most excited for this upcoming season? Just how many things uh, we can do with with the different players. I know you named receivers, and you can go down the list with tight ends. Obviously, Jaron throwing the ball, the depth of running backs. We don't become you know dependent on one position group or one player. We can truly go into a game, assuming everyone's healthy, we can go into a game and say, okay, this is what these guys do defensively. Obviously, we're on the attack, so what's the best thing we can do? And we have all types of options now. We don't have to try and force this scheme that might not be the best, but it's mm-hmm. all we have. So I just really look forward to the week-to-week planning of taking onto the field what we feel is the best attack for that week because we have so many weapons we can we can utilize and pa- passing game specifically obviously is we we have a lot of guys tight ends running backs receivers that can get that can make plays and be potential mismatches and so I'm excited for the opportunity to see all those guys make those plays so awesome to have so much depth for that and last season of independence that's really strange that's like a really crazy thing to think about but you have some awesome teams notre dame baylor stanford oregon what do you want to see your guys accomplish in this final season of independence just not take that for granted the fact that we can play no no one has a schedule like that besides notre dame i mean i think we're the only two teams there are other independent teams but no one has the luxury to have that type of schedule throughout the year. You kind of have to wait maybe a feature game preseason or or a bowl game at the end till you play someone outside of your conference. And so kind of going back to what I'm going to miss the most of like traveling and playing those games, these guys just got to understand that they're at the end of the end chapter of a very historic part of a rich history in, in BYU football and that we're closing the door to independence and they can end this thing on a really good note against the unbelievable schedule and, and to not take that for granted and to just kind of relish every opportunity week in and week out and, and have fun and create memories. Is that something you talk to guys like Gunnar Romney about who this is his last season, so he's probably kind of like, oh, I don't get to play in the Big 12. You know, that would kind of be a bummer a little bit. But is that something that you've expressed to them? Like, this is an incredible opportunity. Yeah, not so much in depth, but to your point of like what they're leaving behind. Every season, players come back and there's always something that happened or is going on where they're like, man, why didn't I get that? (laughs) But at the same time, it's a great opportunity to remind them, well, it's because of you. It's because yeah. we're, we're experiencing these things because of you. And so for any like bummed out feelings these guys might have of not being in the Big 12, they they can and should counter that with more importantly, like this is this is a result of a lot of the sacrifice we've made together as a team and we'll be enjoying it from the sidelines. So I think it's a it's a good thing. Absolutely. I'm talking to BYU's passing coordinator and wide receivers coach Fessy Satake. Fessy, thank you so much for being here with me today. And I hope you have a great rest of your day here at Media Day. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks Appreciate so much. You. Yep. Welcome to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. I'm here now with BYU senior star defensive lineman Lorenzo Fauatea, who is looking like he's ready to plow down some offensive linemen. Are you ready? Yeah, definitely. I have to be ready. So. Have, you do have know, to be ready. Yeah. You have quite the schedule coming up. Uh, how's your summer going so far? Uh, summer's going good. You know, um, just our workouts with the strength coaches, just being with the players. You're with them every morning. You know what I mean? You're literally blood, sweat, and tears type of days sometimes. So it's just, it's just cool to be with everybody, working out, grinding, knowing that we're doing this for a reason. So. Do you ever get sick of seeing those guys? Are you like, oh my gosh, give uh, me a break huh. from these same faces? Uh, that's what that, my wife tells me that. 
She asked me she's that sick every of your time. Face. Yeah, she's just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna go with the, you know, can I go ahead and yeah. eat lunch with the boys? I'm like, are you tired of seeing them? I'm just like, nothing oh. like some brothers together, you know. <laughs> I love that. Your wife's like, what about me? Yeah. Uh, so when you're not playing football, what are you doing? What's your favorite thing to do? Uh, pickleball. Really? Yeah. You're a pickleball player. Yeah, I'm a pickleball player. I, I love playing pickleball. I mean, it's something to do other than basketball, football. And I was like, you know, let's go play pickleball today. <laughs> and you run doubles, so you're not as. Well, yeah, you don't you know, have to run as much. If as I'm the playing other singles, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm losing. <laughs> but doubles, at least I know so I have somebody on my left side. Like, all right, you got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired. Yeah, you got to get that side. <laughs> Does your wife play with you? Yeah, she plays with me. Uh, we have like a little. It's like a a little group that goes here and there. I try to go every week, but. Oh my god! It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Do any of the other football players play? Yeah, I know. I don't know. They all play, but I don't think they're all good. <laughs> but. <laughs> I was trying to do like a little NIL pickleball deal. Yeah. Like who wants to come see some BYU football players play pickleball, have a little tournament and see who's the best. Yeah, I mean, Are you going to do that? Oh, I don't know. It was just in my head. <laughs> you got to do that. I yeah. feel like people would come in droves to yeah. see that or at least play with you. You yeah. shouldn't let them play with you or against you. I love that idea. All right. So you had to end your seasons early, the past two seasons due mm-hmm. to injury. How ready are you to be healthy? Oh, <laughs> Right now, I'm fully healthy. I'm back with the boys. I'm back with the team. Got cleared by the uh, training staff, strength staff. And uh, it's been hard, you know, like the past yeah. two years. I like, played it in my head, too. The last two years, I played nine games out of 25. Mm. So the rest, it, I mean, it's just, and they're both the first five games in the season within the last two seasons. So it's just, it's been hard, but I mean. You feel like you haven't been able to finish what you've started yeah, the uh, past yeah. two seasons. Yeah. I just, uh, it's like hard, you know. I'd seen uh, Tavon Austin's interview that he did where he was talking about how he felt like he was the first-round draft pick. Yeah. Fell down, went to practice squad, got cut, you know, and just saying, like, how far, you know, low you can go. Like, at the bottom, you hit rock bottom, the only way is to go up. Right. So, the, I mean, I'm blessed right now, you know what I mean? My family has helped me out, especially my wife. My wife has helped me out. Good. Kept me through the days where I was hurt, and I yeah. was just, like, trying to get get over it and, like, keep motivating me to be better and you know, just to get healthy. I can't even imagine what that's like. And and unfortunately, it happens a lot to a lot yeah. of players in football because there's so many injuries. What's that like when you get the news from the doctor, like, hey, you're done for the season? What What's that like for you? It's just like it doesn't hit you right away. It's just one of those, like, you see the doctor and you're, you're on your way home and you're just like, dang, I'm really done. And then the games that you look forward to, things that you look forward to in your future, you know, where you saw yourself, it just, it was hard. I'm not going to lie, it was pretty hard. Yeah. So... I'm sure it takes a mental toll, and it takes a yeah. lot of people around you to help you out, like you mentioned before. Yeah, it, I mean, it was. Like, last year, I don't think a lot of people don't know this, but, like, last year, mm. the month before, I think the third week of July, I got back surgery. Mm. I was going through the whole year of, um, I had a herniated disc in my L3, L4, oh L4, gosh. L5. So I had two herniated discs, and the pain throughout the all summer was hard. I went through it. But it came to a point where I couldn't sleep at night. I was I was sleeping on the ground, moving to the bed. I could not sleep. And then we just had surgery like the next week. Thank the training staff for helping me out. I had surgery, came back six weeks later. I jumped right into fall camp. And then, But I knew the first game of the, the year I was hurt. I was like, damn, yeah. I'm playing with an injury. Ugh. So, yeah, I played with the injury the first five games. And then Man. after Utah State, I was like, dude, I, I can't do I this. can't do it again. Yeah. The so, love for football is strong. Yeah. So it's got to no. be really strong. What what made you want to come back to BYU for another season despite those injuries? Um, I just knew that. I mean, I felt like I'm here. You know, I, I needed to be here. Like, I didn't feel like leaving. 
Yeah. Played a lot of scenarios out in your head. You know, when you're hurt, you, you have a lot of time to yourself. Yeah. Sometimes people talk to me, are you leaving? Are you going to transfer? I'm like, going to stay, you know. Uh, I have my wife here. Uh, you know, I have family here, too. So I just, why not finish, you know, finish what yeah. I started here at BYU, so. What's your relationship like with Kalani? Oh, uh, it's strong. It's good. I mean, Kalani's just a man that you'll see him around here and there, especially now they're in the offseason. We're just with the tra- uh, straight, yeah. strength coaches. But, like, it's just a man that you see, and then, you know, he asks if you're okay, and you're okay. Like, he just, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just checking up on us. But, you know, he makes sure that he takes care of us, so. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He takes care of us really well. This is your last season playing football for BYU. Yeah. Does it does it feel a little different this season heading into the football yeah. season? Yeah, it does. It does. It does feel a little different, especially when you have, like, these new high school kids that are coming in. I'm just looking <laughs> like. Your babies. Yeah, I'm just like, dang, I've been here too long. I need to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, I see Fred Warner. I'm like, dude, we were on the field together at the same time. I was like, I need to get out of here and go be where he's at. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's it's a different feeling. You know, there's a lot of load on you, obviously, missing the last two seasons. Yeah. And senior year. Just ready to play football is all it is. You mentioned the younger guys that are coming in. They probably seem so young to you. So as, as one of the leaders on the defense, do you, I mean, do you feel the need to kind of help them out and reach out to them? Do they come up to you a lot? What's that dynamic like? Right now, when I see them, I just say, what's up? Yeah. Like, what's your name? I tell them my name. Like, yeah. welcome to the team. And then from there, I just let them go. You know, like, right now, especially in the summer, they have their workouts. In my head, I'm just, you just work out, pay your dues, do what you need to do, you know, like, to acclimate yourself to the team. And then when once you're, like, with us, with us, and then I'm just like, yay, I'm Lorenzo, play yeah. defensive line, you know. Then they're coming in. They get the flow of, like, the system of being here in college, going to school, living in the dorms and all of that. So I just let them do their thing at first. And then once we start coming together more, adding them in onto the team, and they're just like, yep, I'm Lorenzo, D-line. I love that. I can imagine you'd be one of the nice guys helping these guys. <laughs> I love that. You So you graduated this past spring. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. What did you get your degree in? Uh, so I, I majored in sociology and I minored in psychology. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I— so are you now taking graduate classes, um, or nah, will you be? It's still in the works. To see if, wow. Um, still deciding if I want to take uh, graduate school classes okay. and or take some post back classes and play football. Okay. So well, I love it. Thank I love you. I love that you're back. What are you expecting from the defensive line this season? Everybody to improve. You know, there's always more room to improvement. You know, especially for the defensive line, we have a lot of room to improve. But I, we know that we're going to be ready for the first game. We're ready. Um, I expect us to be one of the best defensive lines in the nation, and we know how to do that, and we know uh, how or where to get that, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. within ourselves. So I expect a lot from us. Um, we're a great group of boys, happy to be in, especially in this position group. So Obviously you never want to be injured, but was there when, you're, when you are on the sideline, do you feel like you learn a lot when you're watching the other guys on the yeah. line and you're like, Okay, this yeah. is what I need to do, A, B, C, D. Is yeah. that how it is, kind of? Yeah, you learn a lot. Like I said, you know, you're always in your head when you're injured. Yeah. So you sit there and you just, you're watching the game going like, dang, this is like, you're playing it out and then like, you're yelling at the boys like, oh, oh, make sure you do this, do yeah. this. And you're just like, dang. So basically the game just opens up to you more. Yeah. Just seeing it from outside, watching it. Sometimes. It's, yeah, it's helped. Sometimes a blessing in disguise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope. This yeah, is yeah. Here we, we'll we'll <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be awesome. And you're going to be going up against some of the best offensive linemen in the country this season. Yeah. There's, there's some crazy good offensive linemen in the schedule. And luckily, you go up one, against one of the best in practice in uh, Blake Freeland. What, what's yeah. that like going up against him? No, it, it's just, it's crazy. You know what I mean? 
I remember him starting, his first game starting as a freshman was against Boise State in 2019 when we won at home. And I remember everybody was like making it a big deal. I forgot if there was somebody in front of him that got hurt, mm. but he got, it was his first start. And then I remember I was just like, bro, just do your thing, bro. Yeah. It's college football. You block him, you win. The, you, yeah. you win. But this guy, how he's changed from that to now who he is now, like being one of the top offensive tackles in the nation, it's dope. So cool. Yeah, it's dope to see that. I'm like, this guy's a beast. I remember talking to Kyrus Tonga a few years ago, and he was telling me his secret to getting past the offensive lineman. And he said when he lines up, he would just stare right in the quarterback's eyes just to scare the crap out of the guy. What <laughs> What's your secret when you're lining up to try and get past the offensive lineman? <laughs> Sometimes you just talk to them, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Really? There's, a, there's a lot of dead ball situations, and then you, it's just awkwardly you're just looking at each other, waiting for the ref to put the ball down and blow the whistle. You're looking at each other. And obviously in-game, there's there's conversations. Yeah. And some are good, some are bad. Some are just like, what the heck's going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's just play. But just like talk to them. Okay. Like, uh, you know, just like get in their head wise. Butter like, them up Talking crap. Bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. basically talking crap. You're like, like sometimes if I beat a man, I'm like, ha-ha, I got you. Like, gotcha, buddy. Or like, stuff like that. <laughs> just like dumb things. <laughs> I gotcha, buddy. And they're like, dang, he called me buddy. He said, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that guy. Yeah. He called me buddy. So just trying to get in their heads. Mental game. <laughs> There's actually two that I remember. Uh, I forgot what teams they were. I think it was in 2020. And, you know, it's quiet. There's no no fans there. And I remember there was one offensive lineman. There's a dead ball situation. We're standing there. And uh, he heard somebody on the defense. I don't know who, but I won't say who. But, there's, you know, a little a swear word came out. And then after the offensive lineman was like, dang. You guys can swear here? I thought you'd get it. <laughs> just like, well, in my head, I was just like, bro, this is like, we're just all human, we're bro. We're like, you know, like, we're like, we're like, we can, but we're not supposed to. You know, like, that's what I was just, we're just talking like, dang, I thought you guys would get in trouble for that. I was like, I think anybody would get in trouble with that for that, bro. Yeah. And we're just like laughing. like That was oh. like during the game that this that was, happened? This was during the game. Like the refs were talking and we're just facing each other. <laughs> there was another one who was just talking about like, they were like, are you guys all Mormon? I was like, bro, not all of us Mormon, bro. <laughs> I look, I, I forgot who was next to me. Somebody was in that's not a member on the defensive line, I think. And he's like, yeah, look, he's not Mormon. <laughs> and he was like, I was really? looking, and he was just like laughing, like, you're not Mormon? <laughs> no, you don't have to be a member to be here. But it was just funny, like some stuff like that. Wow, the conversations that yeah. you have in the middle of a game. <laughs> and then boom, hiking, rah, hitting yeah, each other. And then you're yeah, killing each other. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. You, you've been here at BYU long enough to know the program, like the back of your hand so what advice do you have for players just entering the program what do you feel like are some of the main things that they need to know just go with the system whatever the system says whatever you have to do you know you take care of business it's gonna go by fast it's gonna go by smooth the flow is gonna get along and you're just gonna like okay i gotta do this today maybe i can go do this do this do this and it's just it'll come you know what i mean yeah Especially with the boys, yeah, the football boys who are just coming in. Just do your thing, come in, be where you're supposed to be, you know, be at the right place at the right time. So and it'll just go back smooth. By then you'll be a veteran like me. <laughs> yeah, time flies, doesn't yeah. it? It's crazy. Yeah. I was just talking to Gunnar Romney about this. So during the summer, I feel like there's some great food options, like the 4th of July. Thanksgiving's yeah. the big one, right? Mm -hmm. But the 4th of July, there's some good options as well. What's your go-to food in the summer? It's like this... Um, it's kind of not basic, but it's poly. You know, we do poly, Polynesian barbecue. Yeah. Like teriyaki chicken, you mm. know, marinated overnight. Wake up, throw it on the grill. So good. Yeah, I got some like hot dogs, like rice, macaroni salad, oh, all that stuff. It. Yeah, it's basically just a good old barbecue. What's, I don't your, think... what's your guilty pleasure? Do you have one? Mm, for food, I, I got it. I love Korean barbecue. 
Okay. And after I was just like, if somebody says, hey, you want to go to uh, Korean barbecue? I'm like, put me in there. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. I'm, no matter the time or yeah, place, yeah. I'm there. I love it. That's so good. I'm here with BYU senior star defensive lineman Lorenzo Fauatea. Lorenzo, thank you so much yeah, for coming for on me. with me today, and good Appreciate luck during it. the season. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Fessy Satake and Lorenzo Fauatea for coming on the show with me. Join us next week with wide receiver Gunnar Romney and Preston Hadley. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time, or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.